What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. This is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com, or you could visit the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook. What if, instead of leading with an iron fist, Leaders focused on creating opportunities for others by making space for their teams and clients to grow their talents while still contributing to their personal lives. To do this, a leader's personal and company values must be aligned. Here to talk to us today about leading with values first is Becky Robinson. Becky is an entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Weaving Influence, a digital marketing agency. Weaving Influence works with authors, thought leaders, coaches, consultants, and training organizations to help them show up online in the same powerful way they show up in real life, with a focus on building strategic partnerships to help people and organizations reach their big picture business goals. Becky is a wife, a mom of three daughters who loves running, reading, and coffee. Becky, welcome to the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be here, Ali. So Becky would love to hear what inspired you to launch your business. Well, that's a great question. So I had returned to the workforce after staying home with my three kids and I had been doing some freelance writing and some freelance social media marketing. And I started to have people notice what I was doing on Twitter and come to me and ask if I would support them with their social media book launches. And at first, I really didn't want to do that. I I was in a job. I was comfortable with a steady paycheck. Uh, But one day, uh, a collaborator introduced me to a woman named Whitney Johnson. And I don't know if any of your listeners have heard of her. Um, There was something about Whitney that made me want to say yes. So I took on Whitney as my first client. And then as opportunities started to show up, I, I began to get a vision that I could build a business and it could be about more than just me. And so I really began to think about the ways that I might be able to create opportunities for others who, you know, might be moms or dads or, you know, just needing more flexibility to be able to be um, showing up for their families and not only always just working in a, in a significant way. So um, that's when I started to hire people and to build my company back in 2012. 
So, so what are the core values that drive your business? Well, I would be thrilled to share those with you. And I'll tell you though, Ellie, that I didn't actually ever start with a business plan. Um, I started my business without a formal plan. I didn't even really have an idea at all of the things that you would think an entrepreneur would know. And I had to learn a lot by hiring experts to help me. And I had to learn a lot by trial and error. So, um, Basically, a year or two into my business, I had a client named Mark Miller, and Mark uh, is an executive at Chick-fil-A, a leadership development VP, and Mark has written a number of books about leadership, and in some casual conversations with Mark, he started to talk about core values and a process for identifying them and the importance of incorporating values into the way that you lead your organization. And so I remember, you know, getting a notebook and starting to jot down some possible core values. And I made a really, really long list. And at the time, I don't know that I had a formalized leadership team in my organization, but I brought the list of core values to them. And I started to share the ones that made the most sense to me, not only from the perspective of values that we were already living out in our organization, but also aspirationally where we wanted our company to go. So we identified six core values and I will share them with you one at a time. And in no particular order, um, one of our core values is growth. So from the beginning of founding my organization, I had this focus on growth. And, you know, partly it's about growth from a financial and market share perspective in terms of, you know, serving more clients, and, and also it's about growing the size of the team, the number of employees that we're able uh, to have as part of our team. But it's also uh, about growth from a personal perspective and a, a career perspective for my employees. So, you know, when I talk about growth as a core value, it's not only about growing the company, but it's about growing the people in the company. And I want you know, as a leader and for my leadership team and for the rest of our team, I want us always to be focused on how we can continue to grow and improve both personally and professionally. So growth is a huge core value. Uh, the second one is generosity. And, you know, um, Ellie, I think that we've talked before about faith and how it can come into our work. And from my perspective, I always feel that, you know, there's no way to outgive that everything I give, I always see come back to me. And so we've really woven in this value of generosity into our company. We want to give value. We want to give time. We want to give encouragement. We want to be generous with our budgets when we can, and we want to be generous with each other. Um, so generosity is something that we talk a lot about. Flexibility is another core value. Ellie, I mentioned that at the beginning of my business, I wanted to create opportunities for women and men to have flexible, meaningful work. And so as a result, flexibility comes into play. And it's not only flexibility about schedules. You know, I, I think it's easy to think, oh, well, flexibility as a, a core value means, you know, if I need to take my kid to the doctor in the middle of the day, I have that. And that's definitely part of it. But I always like to think about flexibility also in how we serve our clients and being willing to, to switch our tactics. And, um, you know, with COVID, many of us have had to be flexible in so many new ways. And, uh, you know, thankfully, I've always run a team that had some remote employees as well as in-person staff. And so we already were set up well to be flexible when different challenges came our way. Um, so flexibility is, is the third core value. Um, 
let me think. So integrity. And, you know, this one, you know, could be kind of cliche, but it was important to me from the beginning to establish with my team that I wanted us to do what we said we would do uh, to keep our word and also to own our mistakes when we make them and be willing to do what we need to to make it right. Uh, to maintain integrity with our clients. So let's see, I think that's four. I'm not sure, Ellie, do you want me to share them all? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go for it. Two more. (laughs) Okay, two more. So the last two are responsiveness and partnership. So responsiveness is not only responsiveness in that I want to establish with my team that when uh, clients call us, we pick up the phone. (laughs) When clients email us, we get back to them quickly. You know, I think there needs to be reasonable responsiveness. I don't want anyone to be tied to their phone, you know, all weekend or anything like that. Um, And I do think it's important to have boundaries, but we also want to be responsive to changes that could influence the effectiveness of our marketing tactics. We want to be responsive to what's happening in the world and picking up on trends and um, themes. So responsiveness is an important one. And the final one is partnership. And Ellie, partnership is really important to me because I never wanted to be a vendor that someone hired. You know, when you think about vendors, you think about how services can become commoditized. And so we really wanted to bring with our clients this idea that we're partners, that we're invested in the same goals, that we want to view our clients' success as critically important to us, you know, that we're on the same side, that we're working together. And then as a team, we also want to be partners. So for me as a leader, it's important for me to say, hey, I work with my colleagues. They don't work for me. You know, we are partners. We're building the business together. Um, You know, my team isn't always comfortable with that. I remember not long ago, I came to a call with a client. It was after hours and there were some new people on the call I had never met before. And so I introduced myself and I said, I work with Kelly. And then (laughs) Kelly said, well, you know, actually that's my boss. She owns the company. And so I think there's a certain amount of humility associated with viewing your team as partners and your clients as partners. And um, so we always talk about that from the start. Yeah, I love that you said that um, because uh, I remember going to a meeting and meeting someone who worked with a colleague that I knew And when this individual showed up at the meeting, I said, oh, you uh, work with so-and-so. And And the person immediately corrected me. They said, no, so-and-so works for me. And that person just left such a bad impression just by making that one remark. Clearly there was no humility there, but just the the fact that the person even thought it was important to make that distinction uh, just Mm -hmm. showed you about that person's character. So I love when you say humility because humility has to be true humility and it will come through when you are humble in the way you interact and the way that you speak about other people that work with you. Definitely. And it's intentional. It's, you know, it's not by mistake. Absolutely. So Becky, what motivates you to keep going? Wow. Well, I think the bigger picture of what a difference my company can make in the lives of my team and our clients. So when things are really hard and I think back, you know, to the beginning of COVID and as a business owner, it was very scary. Um, We didn't have any massive changes to revenue right away, but we noticed right away that, you know, sales cycles were slower. People weren't saying yes as quickly, you know, lots of different kind of factors. And um, while overall 2020 has turned out to be a good year for us, it's not the year that we thought it might be. 
So um, when I am, you know, discouraged, what I do is I think about the individual people who are influenced by the work that I'm doing in the world. And um, I'm reminded about a year ago, we had our um, first ever team gathering. So I'd been in business since 2012 and hadn't really ever had the resources to bring everyone together since we had people from all different places. And so we invested in bringing the team together and we hired a consultant to facilitate our meeting. And the consultant asked people to share an object, I think, or to share something about what the company meant to them. And so I think the way as a leader to stay focused on continuing is just to remember the trust of the lives that are choosing to work with you and what employment means to them, you know, what being a part of an organization where they can be cared for and where they can thrive, what that means to them. It's not a small part of our lives, the time that we spend at work. And so I keep going as a leader because each of those women who work with me right now are important and valuable. And I want um, the work part of their lives to be as joyful as it can. So how do you as a leader consistently invest in your team? And what advice do you have for other leaders who want to invest in their team? Wow, that's a big question. So um, we do have four strategic priorities that my leadership team and I have always uh, organized our longer term planning around. And one of them is people development. And that can be as... um, kind of common as the way that we communicate in our one-on-one meetings or in our group meetings, or it can be, you know, as big as bringing the whole team together for an in-person gathering and team building and all of that. Um, Each quarter, we really look at what does our team need? uh, What do the individual people on our team need to continue to grow in their professional and personal development? And, you know, all of that is really great, but I think, um, you know, part of the value of having a small team is just those daily interactions to show that we care for each other. So this year we're doing a virtual gathering instead of an in-person gathering. And we um, took the time, um, Amy, who works with me, she's our VP of operations. She put together little care packages and for the people locally, we delivered them. And for the people far away, we mailed them also that everyone could have a common experience of a treat leading up to our meeting. So, um, you know, that's fun. Um, But I think it's those daily interactions. Uh, We use project management software and um, there are some daily prompts that we use that invite people to interact, you know, on topics that are outside of their work product. And I think as we as leaders show up in those spaces in a caring way and take a, a genuine interest in our team, that that is likely more important than any of those bigger gestures that we might do. So what are some of the challenges that you faced as you were trying to attain uh, your personal career goals? Huh, that's a really interesting question. Um, You know, I think if I'm honest, and this may not be a popular uh, opinion to share on a women's leadership podcast, but um, I think in my early 20s and even into my 30s, I never really actually had a lot of ambition for career. I was way more focused on the importance of family and what I wanted for my personal life. So I think Um, By the time I started to get some ambition around this vision of building a business that could make a difference, um, some of the limitations I faced were the ones of my own making. And, you know, 
choices or mistakes on the journey that prevented me from having the impact that I might have had. Um, you know, just not knowing uh, the kind of the gap in my business acumen that I had to develop along the way by partnering with experts and getting guidance on things like, you know, legal structure for the company and accounting and all these things that I didn't know. Um, so I don't know that I've really had obstacles. You know, I have been amazed by the blessing. When I think about uh, some of the clients that we've had the chance to serve and some of the amazing authors and thought leaders that we've been able to partner with, it almost seems unreal to me, to be honest, Ellie, when I, when I think about all the amazing people that I've had the pleasure to meet and partner with and serve. Um, so again, like maybe not the most popular opinion, but um, I'm not really like readily thinking of any major obstacles in terms of career goals. Great. So what's next for you personally? Uh, well, you know, at the moment, I'm trying to regroup uh, in this kind of COVID world to figure out if the visions and plans and goals that I had for my business prior to COVID still make sense. So right before COVID happened, we had uh, a contract on a building and I had, you know, these big dreams about growing our team. And my previously stated goal for my company was to double our team and double revenue in five to seven years. And, you know, then when COVID hit, I, I was reeling a bit. So we were going to buy a building. When COVID hit, we pulled out of that. You know, not many people are choosing to, to go to workplaces if they don't have to. Um, and so really uh, what's next for me is re-envisioning my big dreams in light of the realities of our world and beginning to plan for what I might be able to do with my team um, that makes sense now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Becky. You've been a great guest and you've educated us about the importance of leading with values first. And you've shared some really insightful perspectives. We really appreciate your time today. I'm so glad I had the chance to share. Great, thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.